This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Of course, Tottenham's next game is away at Kenilworth Road against Luton Town in the Premier League. 12.30pm kickoff, live on TNT Sports. Uh, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the channel Kieran Robertson from the Oak Road Hatter. Uh, of course, Luton fan, part of the TalkSport fan network, as this channel is as well. Um, Kieran, welcome to the channel. How are you? Thank you, mate. Pleasure to be here. Not too bad. Um, obviously, we'll get into my thoughts on how I'm feeling for Saturday. But in the present day, all is good. Kieran, I want to take you back to some good times. That day at Wembley at the end of last season, of course, Luton Town promoted to the Premier League. Could you believe it? I remember watching it on the sofa, uh, watching the TV. I was even smiling, thinking Luton Town in the Premier League. Incredible scenes at Wembley. Honestly. Probably the best day of my life. Actually, it's not even a probably, it just is. Um, it's one of those things that we'd always sort of joked about in between mates and stuff, being like, yeah, it'll happen in our lifetime at some point. I didn't think it'd happen before I turned 25 last month. Like, it's one of those things. Um, and it was just mental, sort of like, we obviously saw the penalty going over before it had gone over. So you kind of like registered about three seconds before, like, oh my God, like, it's actually happening. It goes over and I just lost it. Like, I literally was just, like, head in hands, like, couldn't comprehend what was happening. And I sort of looked down. It was, like, one mate to my left. There was another down the middle. And at one point, we were just sort of looking at each other in triangles, like, what the hell has just happened? And it, it just, it wasn't until you sat down the next day and the YouTube highlights are on and you're like, oh, yeah, I was there. And, oh, yeah, Premier League now. What a wild time. Kieran, what was the summer like leading up to, of course, the start of this Premier League season? Because, you know, the Luton fans must have just been so excited to, to be playing Premier League football this season. Um, how was pre-season also and how was your transfer window? I think 
for me, our transfer window is actually like sort of as expected. Um, I'm a quite realistic Luton fan. Um, I knew the promotion money was very much going on power court, i.e. our new stadium, which it has. And instead of that sort of being a, yeah, we've got it approved, but we don't know when that's happening. That's now a call the shovels are in the ground at the end of the year and we'll see you in 2026, which that's the biggest thing for us, I think. Um, and it's something a lot of Premier League fans admittedly have struggled to sort of get that, wrap their head around because you've seen Nottingham Forest come up and spend 100 plus million. You've seen Fulham do it and get relegated doing it. It's one of those things where we've not done that and we are by no means following the norm, as it were, for a promoted side. So everyone's been like, well, hang on, what is it you're trying to do? So it's been an interesting transition. I think the the consensus for our team is very much championship super team and it's still sticking within our means. It's not going out of our way to spend millions and millions on players that might be mercenaries for us and last a year. We've built a team that if we went back down, you'd hypothetically assume that we'd be able to push, pretty much push straight back up. Kieran, what is your expectation during this Premier League season? So for me, 17th. I said that at the start. I'm going to maintain it probably for as long as I can. Um, mm -hmm. 17th. It's one of those, again, realistic, always going to be a fight no matter what. Even if we spent 100 million, we'd probably still be in the bottom five. Um, it's just about whether it will be enough to scrape it through, if there'll be three teams that are worse than us. And I think that's where we would stay up is cool. You, We're not expecting an amazing season by any means. But we are kind of hoping a little bit that there's three teams that decide to be worse than us come the end of the season. Kieran, let's talk a little bit about the Premier League season so far, because I don't suppose there's any um, more, uh, you know, welcome to the Premier League than, you know, playing seven, won one, drawn one, lost five. Um, of course, started the season away at Brighton, a 4-1 loss, followed by a, a loss away at Chelsea, 3-0. West Ham United lost uh, home 2-1. Fulham lost away 1-0. Then you got your first point against Wolves at Kenilworth Road, 1-1. Um, then, of course, beat Everton at Goodison Park, 2-1. Um, and only on Tuesday night, then sadly losing 2-1 at home against Burnley. Talk me through those seven games so far. How have you seen it? Have you been pleased with the type of football that you have seen but have not quite got the results? It's If you look at the first three, talk Brighton, Chelsea, West Ham, mentally, they were kind of a write-off for me anyway. We even though it's Premier League, we always start a season quite slow. Like, that's not out of the ordinary for Luton. And I knew that we weren't just going to click our fingers, turn up and start bossing teams. And we're not going to do that all season anyway, but it wasn't going to be like we turned up at Brighton. Everyone goes, oh my God, who the hell are this lot? Like, they're playing really well. Brighton are a good footballing side. Chelsea, uh, we can have a debate about that another day, but it's we made them prime Barcelona that night. Yeah, West Ham, yeah. They're a much better team, but could we have had a penalty last minute? Yeah, but other than that, West Ham, better team. Fulham was gutting because I think we truly deserve three points on the day. They had one shot and it went in. And it's just that on top of the Burnley game on Tuesday just proves how ruthless this league is. The fact that we can go and get an equaliser at Bur against Burnley. One minute later, Worldy goes in top corner and you're 2-1 down again and you're like, you, you always feel like you don't catch a break a little bit, other yeah, than everything. Yeah. Like even the Wolves game, like drawing one-one, but for sixty-five minutes they've had ten men, and you would assume 
that if you're playing against a team with 10 men, that you would have a dominance on the game. And I said it at the time, sort of they were playing four at the back to start the game. I said, if we don't score for half time, we are not going to get anything here because they're just going to go five at the back. They'll shut up shot. Neto sits up top. That'll be it. Lo and behold, gets to half time, nil nil. They make the sub. Neto's on his own up front, five at the back, and they go one nil up. And you're sat there again, like, what do you have to do to catch a break? And that's been the story of our season, I think. Kieran, you must have been absolutely delighted, though, with the three points away at Goodison Park because Everton are one of those teams that have struggled in the last couple of years. And you would think, you know, you, you touched on it earlier, um, you know, if, if you're thinking that you're going to finish 17th in the Premier League table, you know, Everton will probably be just above or just below. You've got to be winning these sorts of games as the Burnley home game. That must have uh, come as a hell of a disappointment on Tuesday just after, you know, such a win at Goodison Park. It did because winning at Goodison was a massive result, especially winning away from home and, it was quite funny trying to watch people then sort of beforehand. It was, ha-ha, these lot haven't won a game yet. And then it was, yeah, but you've only beat Everton. And it's like, yeah, but that's the sort of team we need to be beating. And we know yeah. Everton aren't great either, but neither are we. So fine. And then you get to the Burnley game and it's one of those where they're better on paper than the table suggests. But you also think they haven't won in six. We're coming off a win. They're low on confidence, one would assume. We're looking higher on confidence, you would assume. Put two and two together and we'll probably get a result. And it just showed again, like, you never know what can happen in the Premier League game. Like, we equalised late on, really struggled against them. They pretty much dominated most of the game. And then one minute later, after an equaliser, they slap a worldie in the top corner. And you're like, great, OK, now what? We've just lost the game or a potential six-pointer against a team who I don't think will be in the bottom five but they won't exactly finish top half this season. Kieran, what um, what Luton players should us Tottenham Hotspur fans look out for? Who are your star men? So it's easy to say Carlton Morris because obviously he's sort of top goal scorer. He's the one that scored three goals in five. He was top goal scorer last season. But I think the one for me is Elijah Adebayo. Um, when he plays, he's a bit of live wire up top. He offers... He complements Morris really well. I think those two as a partnership is quite scary for defences. And the thing with Eli is he's quite unpredictable. No one really knows what he's going to do. He likes to drift left, likes to come back inside. But even though we as fans almost are used to what he's going to do, we're like, yeah, we know he's going to go like that. The other defenders never seem to catch on just as quick. So if he bags an early goal and he's full of confidence... He is an absolute nuisance to play against. The only thing I wish for Morris is just being a bit more clinical, which is funny to say about a player that scored three and five, but two of penalties. And like I said, top goal scorer, most shots so far in the league. I just want him to start being more clinical, which hopefully that goal against Everton showed that he has it in him. How can uh, we expect Luton to set up um, in terms of formation? We've been playing a 5-2-3, which has been really interesting, sort of having a back five with wing-backs, two in midfield, almost like a double pivot, and then sort of playing a winger either side of Morris. Um, started with a 5-3-2, but I think injuries have sort of led to us going with a two in midfield. That's the scary part about Premier League football is I'm sure there's a reason we've gone with this formation, but 
We've got a lot of midfield injuries. And I'm not confident we've got our best two. Nakamba, for sure, is one of the best two. And as much as I back Pelly and he's been with us from non-league to Premier League and all that sort of rags to riches story kind of thing, it's I don't think he's our best option. Annoyingly, it would have been a Lokonga. He's out for another couple of months. But if you put Pelly in a free, I think he plays a lot better. He plays better when he's allowed to take risks and have a bit more freedom. But I think realistically, you'll see the same. You'll see five two three. You'll probably see Eli starting out left. If you don't see him, it will be Obene, Jacob Brown on the other side, Morris up top, and then a back five. Hopefully, Doughty and Giles on the wings. Kieran, I, I've uh, luckily gone to Kenilworth Road a number of times over um, recent years uh, to see various different matches. And uh, the first thing I did when Luton Town were promoted to the Premier League is I went online to see what the away end was like, because uh, I've luckily sat in uh, you know the home end and various different places inside the stadium, but never actually sat in the away end. I went on social media, and of course, it is a bit of a joke. Please tell everyone what they can expect from this away end, because all of these clips I keep seeing is that you literally have to go through people's gardens. Um, I'm actually going to be in the away end on Saturday, really looking forward to this. Um, but um, what other improvements have Luton Town made at the stadium? Because you mentioned earlier that, that money and investment has gone into the stadium. What work has actually been done? So we had to put £10 million into the stadium for it to be considered Premier League ready, let's say. Um, for those of you that are familiar with the Prem or familiar with Luton's ground, sorry, we used to have one whole side of the pitch was purely hospitality boxes. Those big white boxes went from one side to the next basically from home end to away end was hospitality boxes and it had two little cheap dugouts and that was genuinely it because that's all you needed, right? Whereas now, underneath those was originally terracing. You may have been more familiar with that than me. That's way past my time. Um, Definitely more my dad's time. Um, And obviously they built above that and built the hospitality boxes. They ripped them out, built a whole new stand in there called the Bobber's Stand and then they've sort of added a really small pocket for away fans, obviously right near the away end, but you've got this dingy away end where there's no leg room. You're all crammed in like little sardines, making you feel really uncomfortable. And then you've just got this really nice prim and proper stand on your left where a few of you will have the privilege of sitting in it. But for the most part, you're all probably going to be behind the goal with restricted views and all that stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Kieran, what have you made of Tottenham's season so far? Because, of course, um, you know, there are a lot of Spurs fans, I would say, worried about this game because over the years, whenever it seems that, you know, whatever the players we've had, whatever managers we've had, whenever we have a chance to do something like go top of the Premier League, even if it would be for 24 hours, I know Manchester City have got to travel to Arsenal, so that's obviously going to be a difficult game for them. But Spurs could go top with a win. Um, what have you made of Tottenham's season so far? Do you know what? I think I'm one of the few people that isn't surprised about your start, purely because I know quite a few Celtic fans um, who obviously spoke very highly of Ange before he's appointed at Tottenham. And the second he went in, I thought, fuck me, that is, that's the one appointment that they needed was someone who's just direct and plays attacking football. Like a lot of managers you've had as of late, they're all really negative and you sort of, You've been crying out for a player like James Madison for years. But the trouble is, when the manager you've had doesn't want to play that style of football, but has that sort of player in it, 
it's almost a pointless signing because then you wouldn't have been able to get the best out of him. You then bring in Ange, for example, who relies on having creative players like a James Madison. I'm not remotely shocked you've had a really good start. And to be honest, I've put you down in our sort of pre-season predictions way back when to actually win a trophy this year. I didn't say which one, but I did say you would win something. And putting Hyunmin Son up top, by the way, absolute masterstroke from Ange. So I'm not surprised that you're borderline top of the league. And yeah, that's a scary prospect for me going into Saturday, that's for sure. Kieran, you mentioned Hunmin Son there. Um, No one seems to be talking about um, the departure of Harry Kane. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, what's there to sort of talk about in a sense? Like he's gone to Bayern Munich, and, but the goals haven't dried up for you. That's that's yeah. the thing is yeah. you're still scoring goals. You're basically top of the league. You're actually probably higher up the league than you have been obviously having Kane in the team before. And I think... The trouble is, is I bet Kane's sort of maybe look at, thinking about it, going, oh, what if I'd have stayed in this Ange team? Like, how would I have played? But it's tough to tell now. And at the end of the day, like, you're playing better football, whether that's with or without him. What players in this Tottenham Hotspur team and this squad do you fear the most as a Luton fan on Saturday? <laughs> so I said on our preview pod for this game, I said Son and Richarlison. I think the Richarlison thing is more of a ex-Watford player kind of vibes because ex-Watford players love scoring against us and it seems to rile them up up the road, but they're bottom of the championship. So fine, do what you like, whatever makes you happy, right? But Son is a world-class player. Like him and Madison linking up, this is two world-class players sat in the midfield and it's scary. Like you put Son up top for one game, he put a hat-trick past whoever you were playing at the time and you just think oh that's good they don't need Harry Kane then do they like Son's such a dynamic striker that offers you lot a lot different Richardson can play up front he can play on the left Madison through the middle unbelievable player even Basuma and Saar sat behind him like I think those two as a double pivot is so dynamic both of them press higher up the pitch whether it's together or in turns it's scary. You're going to put the pressure on from minute one um, and you've got high attacking fullbacks. You love having the ball in the opposing half, but then we sort of discussed on the pod, could that be a chance for us to actually sort of seep a few counter-attacks through where you do commit a lot of bodies forward? Is that where our chances are going to lie, perhaps? Will Luton be defensive uh, with this very uh, attacking Tottenham Hotspur team? How how will how will Luton set up in that way to try and stop the likes of Hunmin Son, Kulusevski, and Co? 
it's a tough one because I don't think we've ever been that team to stick 11 men behind the ball and just hope for the best. Um, we're very much, we will take the game to you. And if we lose 2 3 4 nil, but we've played our football, it's considered more of a success rather than basically saying, do you know what? If you're going to play like that, we'll bow down to you and just hope for the best. We would mm. rather play our football, play our way. And fingers crossed that works out at the end of the day. Like, yeah, sure, there'll be a couple of adaptations in there to counteract players like Son, Madison, as best you can. But ultimately, we're still going to play our way, which admittedly is quite direct and is quite attacking when we get going, which, yeah, does leave some pockets open, which is where the two-man midfield does scare me a little bit. But let's see. Let's see what happens. It could be a very high-scoring game then, Kieran. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, Luton boss Rob Edwards because, say, halfway through the season or three-quarters of the way through the season, we've seen this so often where a manager has got a team promoted and then the team or the club have, have actually thought, actually, we want to stay in the Premier League. It's time for us to move the manager on and get someone else in. Do you think Luton would go down that route and would it be fair to do that? I don't think we would. Um, arguing on whether it's fair is a different conversation, in my opinion. But he's the man that's got us up there to the promised land. Like we had Nathan Jones before, Rob Edwards come in, took his football, adapted it, made it even better, and then also brought in the players such as in the Camber, who revolutionised our push up the league and therefore got us promoted. I think we would be wrong to get rid of him and sack him if at any point, because it leads to one of those where. Leeds did it last year. They sat their manager way too late. But then on the flip side, you look at it and they, they went and got Allardyce in and he's a dinosaur of football, right? Mm. It's always the same go around of managers, like a team down the bottom of the league sacks a manager. Then you look at it and go, all right, but who's actually going to be any better to bring in? Like, yeah, I would rather trust Rob Edwards to come up with a new system or be more experimental. And if we go down fighting, we go down fighting as opposed to, get rid of him in January, bring in a relegation dinosaur, but then we go down and we're not in a good position to go back up because we've got some idiot yeah. in charge who doesn't specialise in promotion football. Kieran, who, if I, I, if I was to ask you for, for some predictions, uh, Premier League champions, top four, and who would be relegated? Oh, God. Well, so considering I put Man United as champions in our pre-season preview, I would like to wholeheartedly take that back live on air. Yeah. And we will go with, oh, my God. City are going to squeeze it still. It'll be tight, but they'll squeeze it. In terms of a top four, in no particular order, because I don't want to offend anyone, but I think... Oh, it's a tough one. I've gone. I have personally gone. City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Spurs. Not Spurs in any top four. Spurs top four. Newcastle will be fifth, but that is only because I think they're going to go deep in Europe, and therefore, if they go deep in Europe, fine, they're going to want to go for it. But at least if they finish fifth, they got Europa League to look forward to. So I'm not being too harsh. Relegation. It's easy for me to not include us. So I'm going to base this on, if I don't include us and my 17th prediction is right, I'm looking at Everton. I'm looking at Sheffield United. I'm going to throw Brentford in the mix as well. That's wow. It. 
it's but that the thing is I've got the benefit of the first eight games now, whereas at the start of the season I wouldn't have gone Brentford. But you look at they've struggled so far. Tony's already linked to moves away and he hasn't even come back yet. If they lose they're struggling without his goals full stop. They've also got Sade who's out injured. If he leaves in January, yeah, they'll pocket a bit of money and they'll probably bring in a really good replacement. But you can't hide away from the fact that they're struggling. And I think it'll be between them and Wolves as to who that third relegated side is. A comment here, uh, Kieran, why not Burnley? I put Burnley mid-table, like again, bottom half, but 11th or 12th. I think they're more than good enough the way they play their football. Yeah, the football leaves them quite exposed and there's going to be a lot of top teams that pick them apart and score four or five. But there's also going to be a lot of teams down the bottom that will not be able to cope with it. And we struggled the other day. There's teams worse than us in this league. Everton, Sheffield United, they're going to struggle. They'll pick up points against a lot of mid-table sides. And I think they won't struggle this season. Like, they'll look to progress and they've got money as well. So if they get to January and they are sort of looking a bit bleak and they do need to make some replacements, they can afford to, they will. Whereas the likes of us, we can't. Kieran, everyone seems to be bigging up Ange Postacoglu. And I tell you what, this season, not only has the atmosphere been good, it's been like a party atmosphere, especially at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in our game so far. Um, 15 years without a trophy. Spurs have gone, uh, and that was the League Cup back in 2008. Do you think Postacoglu is the man to deliver a trophy at Tottenham? To be fair, if it, if he is going to, it'll be an FA Cup or a League Cup this season. If it isn't this season, then yeah, realistically, within the next two, three years, I think you're guaranteed a trophy. He's You look at his track record, and a lot of people were sort of not taking a mick of it, but were sort of doubting it, because he obviously was in Japan, he was in Australia, he was at Celtic as well but he's won league titles he's won trophies at every club he's been at so Tottenham is the next logical step up right to show that he's capable of elite level management let's say quote unquote I think Celtic kind of showed that anyway but going on to Tottenham I think he's more than capable like he sort of you watch him in interviews and he comes across really well and you almost wonder like how does that translate to the dressing room and yeah if it translates really well, it clearly does so far because you're third in the league and due to go top if you beat us, right? It's one of those where I think if you keep that up for a season and you keep your players motivated and you keep them playing well, Leicester proved it. I know that's quite a big sort of difference, but Leicester proved it on mindset alone that you can win a trophy and win a title. What's to stop you winning an FA Cup? What's to stop you winning a League Cup? or even a Premier League in five, ten years, if we stay that long. Kieran, the biggest story of last weekend's Premier League, and of course the biggest story probably of the Premier League so far, which of course was the Luis Diaz disallowed goal. What did you make of that incident? I don't know whether you've had time to listen to that audio uh, from, from VAR. What did you make of it? I have listened to the audio, and it's, it's a tough watch. Like It's easier for me to watch as a neutral um, but it's still a tough watch because you almost go, if you're saying, if that's the way the audio is going in a game that doesn't affect you, what are you saying during our games? Because, for example, yeah. I think back to the West Ham game, a blatant handball in the final minute from Ward-Prowse 
we could have got a penalty. We score, it's 2-2. We get our first point of the season. That could have changed the tie going into, say, the Fulham game, let's say. And it's all well and good. Those decisions don't get made. And then the pundits at the end of each game get to go, oh, no, it should have been a penalty. Oh, no, why wasn't this given? But I've been calling for referees to be mic'd up for months and months and months. It feels like it's all I, I drum on about, right? You need this accountability. If you're going to make a decision, that's fine. But you also need the ability to justify why you made the decision. And the do, do, you, do you think, though, it would have been any different? Because when when I listened to that, and it was so weird because the um, the video operator seemed to be the one who was talking the most and the one who was more in control of that conversation. But yet we don't even know who that video operator is because they're not even named. Um, would that have made any difference? I, I completely agree with you. I think that they should be mic'd up. And I think that when you're inside the stadium, you know, you, you can get it in rugby where you can get the headphones and you can hear exactly what they're saying. Would it have made any difference if the, if the crowd were listening to that live? The trouble is, I think that decision was like the levels of extreme, like at least with a, if it's a handball, it's quite subjective. Like, oh, does his hand belong there? Why is his hand down here? Why is that being given? Whereas with the decision in your game the other day, it was clear and obvious that it was onside. You've got one man in there saying it's onside and he realises, wait, hang on, you've not given the goal. What's going on? No, stop game, stop. I the think game. that was the problem. No, no one actually said onside. No one actually said the key word. <laughs> no. And, and then it's sort of like, it's led to question, isn't it? It's like, wait, no, hang on. You were meant to give that as a goal. But then you've got that guy in the back that's like, no, you can't stop the game. You can't stop the game. Why can't you, though? That's what I want to know, is then if you've made the wrong decision, why are you now saying, no, I can't stop the game when it's only been going for another 10 seconds? Because you're more than happy to keep us waiting for two plus minutes yeah. on any other decision if it needs to be done. So why are you not stopping the game and telling the ref, because evidently he wasn't told this information, to be like, hang on, no, you were meant, if that's a decision, like because the ref assumed that he'd given the goal, which is daft, because otherwise the game would have started from kickoff. So that was already cloudy as it is. Um, but then why are you not communicating enough? Like, why are you saying, no, I can't change it? Can't change it. He was so adamant. Like, no, I'm not changing it. Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, why aren't you? Kieran, I'd like to get um, a neutral's opinion uh, because, of course, every Spurs fan is saying, well, of course not. Uh, but Jurgen Klopp said the, the right thing to do would be to replay this game. Your thoughts? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the I was having a discussion with someone at work the other day and the trouble for me is if you were to say, all right, we're replaying this game, then you set a really dangerous precedent where... If Jurgen Klopp can come out and say, oh, yeah, well, it should be replayed, and they go, yeah, all right. But then what's to stop every single manager of every yeah. single team that gets wrong by a decision to go, well, that's cost me three points, so I want that replayed from the 67th minute. But no, because if that was the case, based on the season so far, you'd be replaying every single game because there's two free decisions every week. Yeah. Go against the team. It's just as annoying as they are, as much as I moan about decisions that have gone out against us, it balances out over time and it's annoying at the time and you hate it and you feel aggrieved and you feel like, oh, that's cost us one, two points. It's a different story when I think, unless you're talking about, say, hypothetically now, Liverpool don't win the league by two points, that's a tough discussion to have. 
or if you win the, the league by two points, it almost feels like it's a, an asterisk then of, well, if that decision went Liverpool's way, would Tottenham have won that game and therefore would they have won the league? Probably not. Like It's, it's all grey yeah. areas, isn't it? But for me, like I said, it sets such a dangerous precedent if you're going to go, yeah, of course, replay it. Because then one yeah. short every game would then end up getting replays. Well, we've all been saying that we look forward to the replay of the Champions League final in 2019 for that dreadful oh, decision God. against Sudoku. Yeah. yeah. That was um, Kieran, what will be what will the atmosphere be like at Kenilworth Road um, Saturday lunchtime? These are the sorts of games that Luton fans have been dreaming of for years and years. Like, it's all right for all the old boys because they've seen them before, right? But for lads my age and even younger, we have never seen this. We've been used to non-league football or EFL football, whereas now it's like, oh my God, we're playing Tottenham. Oh my God, we're playing Liverpool. We're playing X, Y, Z. We look forward to it. And that naturally creates excitement. That naturally creates the atmosphere. It's going to be rowdy. The only concern at the moment is just if the poor results keep rolling in, how long does that positivity last? Like we were getting a lot of credit for, yeah, fair play to the fans are staying at the end of games and, oh yeah, well done, Luton, whatever. But it's like, fine, that's okay at the start of the season. But if you then fast forward to, say, halfway through and you've lost 16 out of 19, yeah. you're not really going to be sat there like, yeah, it's all right, lads. You're be thinking, cough, I want to win from somewhere. Like, because you're putting in all that effort and time to obviously go and watch your club across the country. You want to see some sort of result. Um, I think it will be hostile. Everyone talks about the Kenny. We all big it up as well as Luton fans. So for me, expect a really good atmosphere. I know you lot will bring the noise as well. It's just whether that noise drives us to potentially a Spursy result on Saturday. No, I hope not. Um, Kieran, lastly, um, your predicted lineup and your score prediction. Predicted lineup will go with Kaminsky in goal, looking at a back three in terms of centre halves. You're looking at probably Burke, Lockyer, Anderson, because now Bell is out injured. Wing backs, Doughty on the right. I think Kabore will get a rest, and then Giles on the left. Your midfield two will probably be Nakamba and Peli Rodakampanzu. And then realistically, front three, you're looking at the same unchanged from the last few games Brown on the right, or Benny on the left, and Carlton Morris, striker. And the score prediction? Mm, realistically, I'll go with the same as what I said on our pod, which was 3 1 Spurs. 3-1 Spurs, okay. Yeah, oh, well, I'll take that. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Tottenham win. And uh, I just hope that this form under Ange Postacoglu continues. I know, obviously, you don't want to hear that. But um, it's 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 good uh, being a Tottenham fan at the moment, particularly after what we've gone through in the last couple of years. You know, being uh, under Jose Mourinho, Nuno Espirito Santo and Antonio Conte. Ryan Mason's taken charge a few times. Stellini's been in there as well. Um, it's been hard. So uh, hopefully we can go into the international break uh, with another win and uh, perhaps sit on top of the Premier League table. Um, Kieran, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate your time. Um, please tell everyone wh where they can find you and uh, the wonderful channel that you, uh, you're you involved with. So in terms of me personally, best place to find me would be Twitter at LTFC Kieran, all lowercase. In terms of where to find the podcast, on every platform you can imagine, from Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, we are Oak Road Hatter, except from Instagram, we are Oak Road Hatter Pod. Nice and easy. Is it that you record podcasts after each game? 
We do two a week now, so you look at a preview and a review as well. So every Monday and every Thursday, we release a podcast on Spotify cool. and YouTube. Well, Kieran, thank you so much for your time, as I say, and uh, I wish Luton Town the very best of luck, just not on Saturday. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you uh, Saturday after the game when hopefully Spurs have got the three points at Kenilworth Road. Until then, come on you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.